Hello, and welcome back to Falling in Love with Yourself. You guys, I am so very excited to share this very intimate conversation with a beautiful woman named Lynette. But before we get started, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Just being here is an act of self-love and shows that you are truly falling in love with yourself more and more. Please find me on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore and tell me the moments that spoke to you in this episode. Also, please share it with a friend or a loved one who you might think needs a little more self-love in their life. Don't forget our free Monday Motivation Tribe is a great and beautiful experience every Monday morning. Come connect and feel validated with other beautiful women. It's a safe place and you are needed there, my friend. Reach out to me at jenny-drake.com for the Zoom link and join us every Monday morning. But today, I hope you find a cozy spot and snuggle up and join our conversation. Lynette is on a strong self-love journey and is thriving so much now, but her life hasn't been easy. We talk about childhood trauma and their responses. We talk about when our partners have trauma of their own. We talk about being single and a single mom. And Lynette opens up about her darkest moments of a suicide attempt, which is so powerful. She gives tangible practices about how she got from there to now helping women who are survivors of domestic violence. I want to thank Lynette so much for being authentic and honest in this beautifully wonderful conversation. I will let you know it is unedited and very raw. You're going to hear background noise and even a sound glitch, but if I get hung up in editing, these episodes will never get out. So thank you for embracing my imperfectionism in this podcast. I hope you take away so much from this beautifully intimate conversation with Lynette, and I hope that her story leads you to your own source of infinite love for yourself. We'll be right back and we'll get started. Hello, and welcome to Falling in Love with Yourself. We all want more love, right? Most of us spend a lifetime looking for love, but we look for it from external sources like romantic relationships, family members, careers, even food, drugs, or material items. My name is Jenny Drake, and this podcast is to guide you back to your greatest source of love, yourself. We have been conditioned to believe that loving ourselves first is selfish. It's not selfish. As a matter of fact, it is the pathway to happiness, joy, and fulfillment. The root of all of our happiness and unhappiness begins with the relationship we have with ourselves. We hear often that we need more self-love, but I'm here to teach you how. Whether you are single or in a relationship, a stay-at-home mom or a CEO, in college or retired, we all can grow in areas of self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-trust, and self-fulfillment. I'm divorced. I'm an empty nester. I'm a mother of two living her best life. Now I'm living my best life. 
I'm also a recovering perfectionist, recovering control freak, recovering people pleaser, and I used to be a martyr. I also have the gift of gab and transparency, so you will hear lots and lots of details about how I practice my recovery and all of these traits and how I have grown through the process of loving myself. I will share exercises and suggestions that I use with my coaching clients that have helped break down barriers in all areas of life. So grab a mug or a glass and fill it with your favorite beverage. Find a cozy spot and consider this a date with yourself. Are you excited to fall madly and deeply back in love with yourself? Welcome back. I am so excited to have my guest on today. Her name is Lynette. And Lynette is someone who just really stands out to me um, of a great example of self-love and falling in love with herself and nurturing the relationship that she has with herself. Lynette and I actually met um, on Facebook through a singles group and she and I became co-admins together and so I've worked with her side by side and we just clicked from the beginning we both have the gift of transparency we both want to share our stories to help people and hopefully I well I know you're going to get um, a lot out of this episode. So we're going to dive in with my friend, N- Lynette. Um, Lynette, so welcome to the podcast. And just to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story. Hi, well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And like you said, I really love um, being transparent with people. I feel like when we share our stories, it enables other people to share their stories and we feel a little less alone and we can gain a lot of um, understanding uh, of each other, of ourselves, and we can learn to overcome those, those voices in our heads that tell us we're not good enough. So I am, I am finishing up my degrees for social work so that I can eventually have my LCSW. I'd like to be a therapist. Um, I currently work in a domestic violence shelter and I work with women trying to help them discover their independence and their strength and their self-love. Um, so basically we do the same exact thing, just a different pathway. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. So it's, and it's wonderful. It's very, it's, you know, it's empowering for them and it's fulfilling for you. You know, for me, it's something that I look at and go, okay, there, there is some, there's a point to the madness. There's a, there's a reason why I had the experiences that I had. If for no other reason, then I can use those experiences and the knowledge that I've gained to, to help other women find their independence, find their strength. Um, I love it. Learn how to accept themselves and love themselves. 
So what have you kind of been through in your life that has gotten you to this point? Um, I think that one of the points that I, I've always wanted to try and, and help people understand is that our trauma responses typically are formed in our childhood. So the way that we respond in our relationships, if we can dig deep enough, if it's not too much of a rabbit hole that we get lost, we can find the reason why we respond the way that we do. So I had, I had an interesting childhood. I had a difficult childhood. Um, there was so much love, but there were also so many traumatic experiences from losing my father at a young age. He, he died in an airplane crash. Um, and so I learned at nine years old, I learned that the worst thing in the world that you, you can imagine happening can happen. And chances are you're going to wake up tomorrow. And what kind of a day that you have is going to be entirely dependent on you. Wow. You learned that at nine years old. Yes. Holy Toledo. That's no. remarkable. And, and so that was very formative. Um, my mom did the best that she could. I think that in some ways she was a stellar mom. In other ways, she was not so stellar. And I think that's probably true for all of us. Right. Um, and I, you know, I have family members that went through terribly hard things. Um, I rescued at, when I was 12 years old, I rescued my sister from a suicide attempt. Wow. Um, just a lot of experiences, a lot of kind of classic abuse experiences and not so classic abuse experiences. But again, also just so much love that it was, it kind of reinforced what I, it's called intermittent reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And it really is, it's the same thing that gets gamblers coming to the casino because sometimes it's awful, but sometimes you get bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it created those trauma responses for me that said, well, yeah, it's bad, but it's only bad sometimes and sometimes it's great. <laughs> and I carried that into adulthood and discovering that and understanding that has been paramount in overcoming that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I don't know if you're aware, but I'm in a committed relationship with an addict and it's okay. been a really, um, formative experience for me to, to really take a look at myself and why I've chosen this relationship and why I stay in it. And it has been a very self-love teacher in my life. And being with him does not prevent me from living the life that I want to live. And so I continue to stay, but the bells and whistles um, spoke, spoke near and dear to my heart. So how, and, and I love that you talk about, um, childhood because a lot of what I do is, is inner child work and going back to our childhood and nurturing that child and accepting that child because our responses were a part of us before we ever chose them to be a part of us. So accepting that and understanding that has been huge for me to allow myself to love the parts of myself that are not so easy to love. And Correct. it starts with awareness and self-compassion, and then we can get to the acceptance. So how did these, well, first of all, I also want to acknowledge um, your strength and courage and that you were on the healer helper path. 
from a very young age. And yeah. that, you know, that occurred, that was very, you know, illustrative or dynamic when you had the experience with your sister at age 12. So how did all of this play into your relationships with romantic partners? Uh, to a large degree, they were short-lived. Um, there would hit a point in the relationship where they would become too close to me. I was not comfortable because there was the fear of the loss from losing my father. So that was there. That was an interesting dynamic. So two to three months and you're out. I can't, I can't, I can't see you anymore because uh, you crossed the line. You got into my heart and that's not okay. <laughs> so you have to go because I don't want to be hurt again. <laughs> So, um, I talk a lot about attachment styles, um, uh -huh. on my podcast. So have you, which attachment style do you identify with the most? Um, it depends on different times of my life. Right. I love you that. Know? Yeah. For, for a long time, it was very much, uh, very detached. It was very, um, arm's length, stay away. You know, you, we can have fun, but that's the end of it so, so avoidant out of protection very avoidant and and I to a certain degree I think that 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 still plays a part in my dynamic I'm just more aware of it now and so I can address it when it comes up and I think that's important for people to understand that when you can you can do the healing you can recognize your behavior patterns um but they don't magically go away at that point now you have to be active you have to be proactive you have to say, okay, Lynette, I see what you're doing. You're mm -hmm. withdrawing or you're pushing. Um, and those are the two styles that, that, that are the most common for me is either to withdraw or to push, you know, and often together. And yeah. so I find those things happening and I go, okay, and I'll dial it back for a minute and I'll recenter. And that's, that's a really important part of healing is to recognize what you're doing. Mm hold yourself accountable, assess whether or not this is a healthy thing to pursue or if it's okay to let it go. Because there, it, sometimes it might be that the warning you're feeling is, is, a, is an important gut instinct. Right. So you shouldn't doubt yourself. And I found that that happened a lot in my life that as I started to heal, I started to also doubt my gut. Mm-hmm. And that's not good either. So it's a really interesting, delicate balancing act. Well, you're touching upon so much of what I coach in the, you know, in that space of awareness, all of a sudden things are revealed to us and it's like, oh crap, now what do I do with it? And I teach with my clients and I coach with my clients practices because you're right in that space of awareness. Um, we think we've got it all figured out now that we're aware, but really these are things that are innate in us that take practice, just like a muscle, um, that mindfulness piece that you touched upon, um, is so important. And I also really coach about being aware of your differences between your thoughts and feelings and your gut. You know, those are three very different things. And the more that we observe our thoughts and our feelings and realize what they are, they're true, they're not, but when we attach to them, that's when they, we allow our thoughts and our feelings to be in control. 
Right. And then through this process, we really get centered about what our soul is saying. And I've, I've definitely gone through that. It sounds like you've gone through that as well. I love that. So how long, um, I know that you are currently quote unquote single, but how long were you in a relationship and were you married? That is a twofold because while I, I was married for 20 years, but the marriage tanked at 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you that there were difficulties throughout that marriage because of my own attachment styles and because I was married to someone who had been abandoned as a child. So he had abandonment issues. Right. Um, and so he had very, very detached avoidant att- attachment styles as well. Um, that we lasted 13 years, I think is in its own degree, probably a miracle, you know? (laughs) Well, I don't know if you know my story, but mine lasted 22 and that's a miracle as well because it was hard from the beginning. Yes. And I think that those things, you know, but again, you have that, that intermittent reinforcement. And so you kind of look past a lot of things and because of my childhood and the in my family of origin I was very desperate to make it work because the alternative was going back to a place where I knew it was even harder and even less healthy right yes oh my gosh so it was like the lesser of the two evils (laughs) in some ways it absolutely was now from that union came two beautiful children and I really don't have any regrets I, and that's not true for everybody. And I get that. I, he was my best friend in so many ways. And we still have a really, really strong, healthy co-parenting relationship that didn't come easy. It took a lot of, I mean, I have scars on my tongue from biting it so much, (laughs) you know, (laughs) your, your story is so similar to mine because, um, yeah, we're in the exact same place. And so tell me about a little bit before we get, before we really dive into self-love, tell me a little bit about how you knew, I get, I get the question a lot from women. Um, I'm in an unhappy relationship. How did you know it was time to dissolve the marriage? How did you know? So he came home from Iraq with PTSD. And one of my main goals was to, to, to help him mental health wise, get to a place where he could still be the the father that my children deserved. Um, Because I lost my father when I was young, I wasn't prepared to put my children in the same situation where they wouldn't have their dad. So that was never an option. I did did tell him, I will never stand in your way of having a relationship with our kids so long as you don't become abusive. If you become abusive, then that's a different story altogether um but you know i talked to i talked to actually a a family member that was very close to you from his side and i asked her she knew she knew what was going on i asked her when is enough enough because that's the question when is enough enough and her response really struck me she said i can't tell you that but i can tell you when you get there you'll know it and that's the truth i cannot tell you when your enough is enough for you but I can tell you when you hit it you will know 
And it's so true. And that's exactly what I, that's exactly how I answered it. It's almost like I, I'm a very visual person with any relationship, or you can even apply this to a job situation. When Mm -hmm. is enough enough? When do we know that it's time to move on? And I always look at it as like a scale, right? And when the negative tips out of balance, when it becomes more than the positive for us, then we know. And, And the other thing is when we're in that space of not knowing it's such an insecure space and that's almost more torturous. That was harder for me until I got to the space of, I know, and then it was easier. Well, there's like, people, it's like, it's the, it's the degrees of grief. Mm, okay. Right, right. And you do. And I, and I think people need to understand that if they can look at the, at the, the five steps to grief and apply them to <laughs> the relationships, whether it's with a person or a job, or friend, or whatever it is, you are going to be angry, you are going to bargain, you are going to go through denial, you are going to get depressed, and then you are going to find that place of acceptance, and that's where you find enough is enough, and I can say with with absolute certainty that if you're still asking the question, you haven't hit it yet. Right, right, and I've done that in my current relationship, um, uh, where I have made bold proclamations of I'm done, I'm out. And then three days later, my truth sets in and I go back. And when you keep going back, there's a lot of shame involved because you've made this bold proclamation to yourself and to the other person. And what I've realized is when you know, you know, and you won't go back. And so Stop making, like, this is the self-talk that I have. Stop making bold proclamations and stop going to the extreme and just sit in that emotion of anger or hurt or disappointment or let down. Mm -hmm. Sit in that before making any decisions because I make bold proclamations because I want that feeling to go away. But then that feeling isn't my truth. And so, yeah, women who leave their marriage and continuously go back, it's so much more painful on ourselves to do that. And it's because we leave when we're not truly ready. So being in touch with our center is so, so important. I'm so glad you brought that out. Well, and that's part of the fight or flight response, right? When you say that you're, you're, you're feeling, you're feeling in danger for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whether it's danger to your heart or whatever and so that bold proclamation is your flight response like okay I'm out so yeah absolutely just to reiterate just just sit in yourself for a minute and process you know it's okay to go to bed angry in fact I really advise it if you're if you're fighting with each other please don't fight until three o'clock in the morning go to bed get a good night's rest and revisit it when you're both in a better place Mm -hmm. That's such a sound piece of advice. And it's so important to not just run from those negative, just to sit in them, feel them, because then we process through them, but also to have so much self-compassion because Mm -hmm. the way we're handling, there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. It just is. And the way that we handle it or wherever we are in our journey is okay. 
It's absolutely. And I wish like in that time when I was going back and forth and in my head, in my marriage, somebody just told me like where you are is okay. Like you don't have to have it all figured out right now. It will come to you when you are ready. Absolutely. Um, so what, have you struggled with this process? Like, has there been a time in your life where your self-love, your self-compassion, your self-acceptance was low? And tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, just to, to give everybody a word of warning, it goes to a very dark place. So be prepared for that. Um, thank you. I, thank you for being open and honest. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's it, you know, this is, this is the point where you get to hear the, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, because of childhood, because of years and years and years of hearing, you're not quite what I wanted. You're not, you're not short enough. Your hair is not red enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not fat, you know, all the different, you're not enough that I hit the point where one day something was said that reinforced my self-doubt and I believed what was being said to me. I believed it to the point that I made an attempt on my own life. And, and I how have old never... were you? Do you mind me asking? Pardon? How old were you? When this happened, 35. Okay. Okay. It so was part of the young children yeah. or younger children you're in the depths of motherhood and i wrote a letter to my children i said i am so sorry please understand that i didn't want to leave you but if i'm not here then daddy can find you the mother that you deserve hmm. and in that place like i said i believed what was being said I believed the lie. I accepted someone else's mm. narrative of who I was. I had never really felt that before. And I've never felt that since. Mm. It was a moment. And when I, I woke up, I, I did have to go to the hospital and I woke up in a psych ward at the hospital and I had a conversation with a team of psychiatrists. And they were very confused. They said, you don't fit the pattern. There was no warning. It's like you just snapped. And I said, I, I did. And one of the things that I have apologized to both of my kids for was I never wanted them to feel like um, they weren't enough to live for. They weren't enough for me to hang on for. In that moment, I truly believed that if I was gone, it would be better for everyone. It didn't feel, it wasn't because I was trying to escape my own pain. It, and I know sometimes you want to see suicide attempts as a very selfish event. I, I will tell you with absolute certainty, most people really think that they're doing a favor to the world if they remove themselves from the world. Um, and he asked me, the psychiatrist asked me, do you still feel that way? And I said, no, not at all. I'm, I'm embarrassed and frustrated that I allowed someone else to tell me what, you know, what my value was, what my worth was. And later on, I ended up going home 
And the next morning, uh, my husband wasn't leaving for work. And I said, why aren't you leaving for work? And he said, well, my boss is afraid that you will try and hurt yourself again or hurt the kids. And it was an, it, that was the moment that changed everything for me. I looked at him and I realized I wasn't the same person that I coming home that I was when I left. Mm. And I told him, I said, I can promise you that this will never happen again. And he said, how can you be so sure? And I said, never again will I let somebody else dictate my worth. Wow, Lynette, that is so powerful. And thank you so much for sharing because these conversations aren't had. And because we're embarrassed. There's so much shame involved. And I just so appreciate the perspective of it not being from a place of um, selfishness. It really was coming from a place of selflessness. And that just goes to show how our minds can just really latch on to, to things that are not true when we're so far from our own infinite source of love, whether it's God, universe, higher power, Whatever it may be, there is that infinite source of love. And when we disconnect from it, it can take us to really, um, you know, dark places. hard places. Yeah. So thank you so, so much for sharing that story. Um, of course. I love that you talked about, I mean, I don't love it, but I appreciate that you talked about your self-worth because so many women place their self-worth in the hands of our, our partners or our jobs or anything, anything, because that's what we were taught as children. So tell me how you came back from that. You made, you made a bold proclamation in that moment to never allow someone else or something to dictate your worth. How has it, how has that road been um, in the last couple, you know, in the, in these years, how have you been able to do that? Um, then the primary way that I was able to do that was to be as kind to myself as I would be to someone else. Mm. There are things that you say to yourself that you would never say to another person. You would never be that unkind, that cruel. So why are you being that unkind and cruel to yourself? Yep. You should be, you should be your number one fan. And if you aren't, fix it. If there is something that you want to be better, then be better. If you want to be more patient with your children, then give yourself time mm -hmm. to be human, mm -hmm. you know, and the other thing that kind of it hit for me in a way that changed kind of the way I looked at at my life because we hold ourselves to these standards and we, and we think man I'm just you know I'm I'm not what I used to be well you're not mm -hmm. you're not what you used to be who you who you used to be hasn't been through mm -hmm. But just because you're not what you used to be doesn't mean that you're less than. You're so much more than you used to be because now you have compassion. Now you have understanding. 
you know, I, I can't do the push-ups and sit-ups that I could at 22. <laughs> but that 22-year-old did not understand the importance of loving yourself, of showing love and compassion to others and herself. Right. So, that yeah. that self-compassion piece is our journey. Absolutely. It, 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 we, if we want to be happy and healthy in this life, self-compassion needs to be at the forefront of our minds. Because mm -hmm. when we are, like what you just said, we can only truly be compassionate to others when we start with ourselves. Spot on. I love Spot that. On. So what are some, how do you practice this? What are some self-care, self-love practices that you have made a part of your life to keep yourself on this path? You're back. I, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. That's okay. You want to start that part over? No, we're good. Um, what are some self-care, self-love practices that helps keep you centered with yourself? The number one thing is how I talk to myself. The number one thing is how I talk to myself. I recognize that every day I'm going to do my best, but your best, if you're a math nerd, you'll love this. Your best is a variable. It is not a constant. My best yesterday is not my best today. My best today is not what my best will be tomorrow. Today, I'm going to do my best. And if my best is that I got out of bed and I took a shower, God dang it, that was a good job because what I really wanted to do was to play in bed all day and, you know, be sad or whatever. So give yourself a break. I told my children and I, and it's something that I believe don't wear a mask. Masks are dangerous. If you're sad, be sad. Sad is an Island. You get to visit the Island. You just don't get to live there. Mm -hmm. And so if you're sad, let yourself be sad for a minute. Let yourself realize why are you sad? What are you feeling? Sometimes it might be that you just really need a nice juicy steak or a beautiful salad or something like that. You might be hungry. You might be deprived. So there's so much that goes into how you're feeling every day. And it has to do with your physical. It has to do with your mental. It has to do, it's everything. That's why I wanted to go into social work is because it's the whole person. Mm. How are you, how you're feeling today isn't just, you know, that you ticked off a bunch of boxes. I, I did all the things I was supposed to do. It is, where am I at physically? Am I feeling under the weather? Uh, you know, there are so many things to address. So I try and pay attention to how I'm feeling as a whole person. Mm -hmm. and I try and give myself a break. And something that I found as moms, especially single moms, is that we sometimes let ourselves feel guilty if we have a life outside of our children. And we see our friends that are married still they don't do those things. They're there for their kids 24 seven. And they, you know, but they have a partner at home that they are able to find release and, and love through. As a single person, that can be hard. And as a single mom, it's even harder. So 
you're not a bad mom because you want to go to the gym for an hour every day. Mm -hmm. You are not a bad mom because sometimes you just want to go grocery shopping alone. Mm -hmm. So phone a friend, say, hey, I need to go do some things. I need a minute just to be a human, not to be a mom, not to be uh, an employee, not to be, you know, and I think that, I think that married women go through this too. We just need a minute where we're not wearing a label where we get to just be us. Right. And right. that's my self-love. So I let myself go out with my friends. I let myself go for a walk or go for a run. I let myself sit down and read a book or watch, you know, watch a show. Accept where you're at, where you're at. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what. And I love that you said it's different every day because, and I talk a lot about, you know, spiritual, emotional, and physical health. And every day is a different day. So to, to accept where we're at, where we're at is so crucial. Absolutely. So you are single right now. And so tell us a little bit, like, are you dating? Are you not even interested in dating? Like where, where are you with that? Because you, you are such in a great space with your self-love. So how, how does that filter over into finding a partner? Um, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not looking for it. I am just living my best life. And that means that I'm pursuing the career that I love. I love helping people. I work with incredible women who have survived some of the most horrific domestic violence circumstances I've ever seen. Mm and helping them find their love, helping them overcome and find their independence has been a huge part of my life. I go out with a great group of friends. They're a lot of fun. I don't think that my person is in that group. Um, I, am, I, am, I am a very happily independent, but not so independent that there's not space. And, and that's, and I used to be there. I used to, they call it extreme independence and it's actually a trauma response. Mm -hmm. yep. We find ourselves there because if I don't need anybody, then I don't need anybody. Right. Right. Which is, that's, that's the exact opposite of needing somebody and neither extreme are healthy. So nope. it sounds like you are in a healthy space of, hey, I'm complete on my own. And when someone else comes in, that's just going to be icing on the cake. Absolutely. That's, that is like my key phrase of my life is icing on the cake where I'm great on my own. Whatever I get from other people is just is just extra. And you're right. We are here on this earth to be companions and to love and be loved. And if it happens, it happens. If not, that's okay too. Well, and you can still love and be loved and not have it be romantic. Yeah. I have a lot of great guy friends that I, I absolutely love them. I see them um, and enjoy their companionship. But I also know that I want someone that I am bringing something to his life and he is bringing something to mine. And so being in that healthy headspace means that you don't have to settle. Right. I don't have to settle for something that is not healthy for me, right. that doesn't fulfill me and isn't healthy for them and fulfill right. them. So I want, I want women, especially to get to that point where they have 
let go of anger. They've let go of bitterness because those things really weigh you down. They really weigh you down. You're not hurting them by staying angry with them. You're only hurting your own heart. You're only keeping something there and letting it live rent free, you know? So forgive well, me. And it's, it's a barrier to those potential relationships. It's a barrier to love. It absolutely is. And I, and I don't, one of my favorite sayings, it says that uh, if, well, it's, a, it's a, the one that talks about if, if you don't heal what hurt you, you'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And I spent five years being single, not dating at all because I didn't want to do that. I wanted, I wanted to focus on being the best me that I could be for myself, for my children, for the world. I wanted my best self first. And I'm hoping that the person that, that, that is my my you know future companion is doing the same thing i want them to be focused on being their best selves and then when we come together oh my goodness think about the fun we can have right, right. yep i love it ah oh, that's so oh, amazing lynette you have touched on so many wonderful things thank you for sharing your story today and what i love is that you are following the call to help other women because you have so much to give and you have already helped so many. And I just, I can't even imagine the hundreds and hundreds of souls that you are going to impact. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. And I, I am just in awe of your courage and, and your journey. So thank you so much. Oh, you know, I adore you. And I'm so honored that you asked me that was this was a lot of fun. And, and I think the only downside to any of you is that we probably could talk for hours and hours and hours and never be done. So. Right. Yeah. We were <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Wow. Wasn't that conversation so amazing? I am so grateful for Lynette and her transparency and courage for coming on and sharing her beautiful story and all of her takeaways about childhood trauma responses and being aware and taking action in that awareness and really holding your self-worth to a high level to where she now can feel fulfilled as a single woman and help other women who are victims of domestic violence to be able to grow their self-love. It's just so inspiring. If you would like to fall more in love with yourself, please consider reaching out to me on Instagram or my website. Instagram is Jenny underscore Drake underscore, and my website is Jenny-Drake.com. I am opening up a Loving Yourself More small group coaching. We will start the week of March 8th, so there's still time to grab your spots. They are very, very limited. But if you are feeling called to not only get in touch with your inner source of infinite love, but also to be held accountable and to celebrate small love wins, 
if you are confused on how to change that mindset from scarcity to abundance or that inner dialogue of criticism to self-compassion, that is what I am here for. So we can chat one-on-one to find out if my Loving Yourself More small group coaching is something that is right for you. Please reach out to me and I will talk to you on Wednesday for another self-love quickie. Have a beautiful week, my friends.